everyone, welcome back to another episode of A's for Anxious, the podcast diary that tackles the taboo topic of anxiety through the alphabet. I'm back today with another guest episode, and you know, as we get closer to the end of the alphabet, I really want to take some time to reflect on how far we have come. So in the past few weeks, I've taken some steps back from the podcast to think a little bit more about like the bigger picture and always thinking about what I want to achieve because I think it's important for me whenever I'm doing something like creative is about intention and like what I'm trying to do, who I'm trying to reach. So when I first started this podcast, I, you know, kind of just wanted to focus on anxiety and I thought that would be like first and foremost the thing that kind of like I focus on and just anxiety and the way p- different people experience it, right? And it's something that because I have so much lived experience for that I thought I could talk about the most. But I think as the idea for this podcast evolved and especially to involve other people, I'm starting to see the importance of this podcast reaching, you know, other mental health issues and intersectionalities. And I think that's coming across in most of my episodes because we don't really only talk about anxiety, right? Like we talk about everything. And that's why I'm so excited for this episode because N stands for neurodivergent. I am joined by my friend Kareen to talk about their experience being neurodivergent and how that has impacted their mental health. Again, I'm really excited for this episode because I learned a lot too, um, and I also think that it's important to shed light on, you know, other people's identities and how it impacts their mental health or is related to their mental health. And as a reminder for this episode and all my episodes is that everyone's experience with mental health and with being, you know, for this episode specifically, neurodivergent looks a little bit different. So, you know, just be kind and give yourself grace when listening to these episodes. And we always talk about comparing um, our mental health with other people. But, you know, I really hope that these episodes shed light on the reality of living with a mental illness or, you know, living with something that kind of makes you feel different or makes other people see you differently so on that note grab a cup of coffee or some tea i hope you're enjoying this beautiful fall weather and vibes and let's jump into this chat with my friend kareen if you're new here welcome to the podcast excited to welcome you into the as for anxious family make sure you're following the podcast on whatever platform you listen to to stay updated on new episodes and make sure to rate the podcast if you've been enjoying it so far now let's jump into the letter n Hello, Kareen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I know you were just on another podcast talking about like mental health. So how does it feel to already be doing another one? Um, It feels crazy. I, I feel like this is my new, my new side hustle is doing mental health podcasts. Yeah, do you enjoy it? Or like, does it make you kind of like nervous? I kind of like it, to be honest. Um, I guess in my experience, I've only been doing it with like people that I already like know and trust, I guess. So that's probably what's been making it so like fun and easy. So yeah, if you can just go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about how we know each other. My name is Kareem. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I know Alex through my best friend, actually. Um y'all went to college together and were in acapella together and then lived together and so I got to see quite a bit of you and then we also became pals so yeah yeah and Kareen just did an episode um for a podcast for a lemonada podcast called I have to ask you something I need to ask you something I always get the name mixed up yeah 
I think it's I need to ask you something. Yeah, but they <laughs> they they recorded an episode with Greta, who was on my podcast, my former roommate. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes for everyone to listen to because it's like so sick. Like the storytelling behind that is so cool. And I also recorded an episode with them too, so I can't wait for that to come out. But yeah, we're going to dive into the episode. And Kareen, I know you kind of came to me with this idea. So first, thank you. But also, I just want to ask you first, like, what does being um, neurodivergent mean to you? Um, I think being neurodivergent for me is just... I think it just means that I have a lot of intensity in my life at mm. times. Um, like I feel like what might be a smaller struggle to somebody else is more of an intense struggle to me. And like dealing with emotions seems to me like it's a little yeah. bit more of like an intense thing. Um, and then I think that also kind of translates into like the more like happy and joyful aspects of my life where I feel like I feel like happy emotions a lot more intensely I feel like I get really into like my passions and my hobbies and stuff in a very intense way and I like connect to people in a very intense manner um while also still yeah dealing with like the struggles of negative parts of life feeling a little bit more intense than they otherwise might yeah no that's great and did you did you always experience this intensity was there like a certain age where you like kind of realize like this intensity was something that you could put a name to it must have been when I was a kid that I kind of noticed that I had more like emotional intensity Mm -hmm. I think like I think as a kid I was really like outspoken about my emotions and stuff maybe not always like with with words but I was always like really trying to like convey my emotions to other people and like my my dad and my brother would always like tell me that I was like so sensitive and that I need to like calm down and chill um when like to me the things that I was upset about like yeah to me they just felt like they were like so detrimental and like I really like needed to figure out like a resolution or like I really needed comfort or something and I was just kind of like told a lot that I was like overly sensitive and then I think once I got a little bit older and was like starting to do more I guess like the harder school work like when you get to like middle high school um and I was just kind of like struggling with like getting things done and like paying attention and stuff like that um and I chalked it up a lot when I was a kid to just like having anxiety and like performance anxiety but it kind of seemed like even when I wasn't like stressed about it I still didn't like want to do it necessarily and like I wouldn't do it so yeah yeah how did you can you talk a little bit about how you made that distinction like did you see someone professionally or how did you make that distinction when you were talking about how kind of um like you were chalking it up to like your anxiety yeah so I think I definitely suspected that it might be something else like around like high school and then like transitioning into college when there were like things that I was really passionate about that I like had the opportunities to do or like Mm. homework for classes that I actually liked and stuff I still just like couldn't find it in me to like do it (laughs) yeah um and like paying attention was like still super hard and actually my freshman year of college my uh roommate at the time got diagnosed with ADHD like the first Mm. couple months that we lived together 
Um, and she was kind of just like telling me about her symptoms and like her experience. And I was like, wow, that's like really relatable. I, I think that I might have that too. And like, I have thought that for a while. Yeah. So you, did you seek, you sought help, I guess, professionally to kind of like based on someone else's experiences. Can you just walk us through that? Yeah. So my process with like getting a diagnosis and getting help was a really, I think, like long and frustrating one. I guess not long because it was kind of like broken up into chunks. It was like my freshman year of college, I kind of like made this decision where I was like, no, like I, I feel very confident that I have ADHD um, and potentially something else or whatever. Um, And I, at the time, it was like my first year out of college. I, like my first real experience of like adulthood and like being independent stuff like that and I didn't like fully have that like idea or belief or like confidence that like I'm an adult I can make my own decisions like I know what I need kind of thing so I was still kind of like relying on my parents to tell me like if I can do this basically even though like life hack if you're over the age of 18 you don't need your parents consent to do like any like medical testing or whatever like I could have just like set up the appointment by myself but like I still had that kind of like um not quite feeling like an adult kind of thing where I was like no I kind of need like my parents permission or whatever to do this or like their opinion on it and so I had brought it up to my dad and he kind of just laughed it off um he was just kind of like you don't have ADHD like what are you talking about uh, which made me very upset because I was like how would you know? Like, I don't know. We're not very close. You wouldn't know. Like I do have like the track record of like not doing as good as I could have like in school and stuff, which he knew about. And like my brother had been diagnosed with it at like a very young age. So I was like, if he could get diagnosed with it, like as a kid, like, why is it so like crazy of an idea that like I'm coming to terms with it now? And like, there is like, a pretty big like imbalance for the amount of like men that get can get diagnosed with ADHD as opposed to like women or femme presenting people that get diagnosed with ADHD um so that was really frustrating and then he like kind of apologized for it but his thing was like I don't want you to be on a medication that's gonna like suppress your creativity and I was like dude I just want to get my schoolwork done <laughs> um so I kind of like put it on the back burner for years and I was like maybe I can just learn to like cope with this on my own um but then it got to a point where I was like hired to a job that I like really liked and really wanted to do a good job at and like didn't want these like things out of my control to like keep me from doing a good job and so at that point I realized because I was like out of college like I've been an adult for a while um I was like, yeah, no, like I can, I can just do this on my own. <laughs> and so I did. And I got diagnosed in like October, November of last year. And yeah, it's been really nice having that answer. Thanks for walking us through that journey. I know it's kind of like looking back, even for me, like as I'm trying to seek like professional help, it's so hard to like look back and be like, when is this going to be done with? Do you feel like after receiving that answer, like everything is all said and done or there's still so much like left that you have questions about? I think there is a lot left. um, And I've been 
meaning to like uh talk to more people that like specialize in ADHD and stuff because um I I got diagnosed and then I got put on a medication pretty shortly after and kind of experimented with that a little bit and like I noticed that it does help me with like focus and like getting things done but I think there is still a lot of like um internal work and like coping that I still have to do on my own like outside of the medication um just because I realized like the medication will like make me get things done but it's not always necessarily the thing I'm supposed to be like getting done um like I'm supposed to be like doing something for my job but instead I'm like writing up a blog post and I like can't turn away from it or something um so it yeah there's like a lot of self-discipline that I still think that I need to learn um so yeah, that's definitely something that I'm looking into. And then, yeah, I think also um, stuff around like emotions and like having really intense emotions and like trying to like manage that. Um, if not for me, at least for other people that might have to <laughs> experience it. Um, and then just kind of also coming to terms with the fact that like the world that we live in isn't super accommodating to people who are neuro neurodivergent and like it's definitely something that should change, but it's also definitely something that might not change significantly for a while, just because, I don't know, the world changes slowly. Yeah, and we're going to dig into all of that, too, because, yeah, the there are definitely so much stigma left. And again, thank you for sharing that, because I feel like there's such a taboo, even on medication. Um and talking about it, not only publicly, but like with other people, like when you're talking about like relationships and stuff, whether that's like romantic or just like with friends and stuff, you know, talking about that and how other people might view it. But yeah, we're going to dig into like the meat of it. Like obviously when you came to me with this wonderful like discussion and topic, you were obviously thinking about something in your head, right? About like how you're like how being neurodivergent maybe causes some anxiety or some feelings attached to that. So can you talk a little bit more about why being neurodivergent makes you anxious? Yeah, so I think it goes a lot with um, like how I was talking about having a job that I really like and like wanting to do a good job at my job um, and like get things done and like be a good employee. And like before that, it was like, I really wanted to like be a good student and like do things and like take on opportunities and stuff like that and like do like extra work and like stand out a little bit. But like my ADHD kind of made that a lot more difficult. Um, and I think that that made me really anxious just because I'm like what if because of like this thing that I have I'm not going to be able to like do the things that I want to do in life like it's going to like make me like fail or mess up and then like nobody's going to want to hire me um or like yeah I'm not going to like go as far in life as I want to or like things like regarding my health like sometimes ADHD makes me have like a really low or like being on ADHD medication like messes with my appetite um and I already have like I think ADHD itself messes with my appetite and makes me like not want to get up and make food and then like being on the medication also like suppresses your appetite quite a bit so I'll have a lot of anxiety around like my health and like whether or not I'm like eating enough or like exercising enough um or like if I'm sleeping too much or not sleeping enough I'll get just like really anxious about like what this is like doing to my body and stuff even if it's like not actually that big of a deal again I'm feeling it like a lot more intensely so yeah and then I think I also 
get very socially anxious um, because I think people forget that like ADHD, it can still affect like your social behavior and stuff. Um, and I'm not completely unconvinced that I'm also on the spectrum in some way or another, um, like the actual autism spectrum, but I, whatever it is, it definitely does make me a little bit more like social anxious and like I feel like I'll be in situations where I just like don't really know what to say or like I don't really know how to talk to a person and it makes me like super super anxious because like I don't want them to think that I'm like weird or like rude or whatever and like I like want to like engage in conversations and like be involved and be included but like I feel like sometimes I feel like the easier thing to do is just to kind of like isolate myself because I won't like have those like mishaps or miscommunications or whatever yeah yeah I can totally relate to the isolating it's just like if it's not going to be perfect or it's not going to be ideal let me just like not go through with it and then there we go that's the best option but yeah thanks so much for sharing that because it seems like a lot of it is also so would you say like near being neurodivergent is a part of your identity I that's a good question that I feel like I haven't really thought about Mm. that often um, just because I, I think it contributes to things that I would consider, like, part of my identity, I guess. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, oh, yeah, like, being, diver- being neurodivergent, like, that's, like, a crucial part of my identity. I'd say, like, um, being an extra emotional person or, like, an mm-hmm. extra loving person or, like, an extra creative person stuff like that stuff that kind of like stems from like the side effects of having this thing I feel like um play a pretty crucial role in like my identity but I I wouldn't say that like my ADHD like as a thing um like holds that place I guess yeah oh I love that no I love that I love that instead um do you feel like you and I feel like when we talk about kind of anxiety it's almost like like with social anxiety right and you were just talking about how sometimes you're afraid of how people perceive you based on your actions that are like designated by like your neurodivergency is it the case where you're like afraid or like anxious for people to know about it No, I don't think so. In fact, I think I kind of, I think sometimes I almost rely on it as like an excuse for those things. I'll be like, oh, like, sorry, that's just me. I have ADHD, Um, which I'm trying not to do because it's like at the end of the day, that's just like how I am. And I shouldn't be like blaming it on me (laughs) and like the way I am. Um, So no, I think it's just kind of like, I don't know, not wanting to feel embarrassed if I like do something or say something that's embarrassing (laughs) do you feel like you've gotten more comfortable with that because something for me and I think back to my own experience with anxiety and an anxiety disorder like I've had to like accept the fact that I'm anxious and in those situations let's say in a point where I do fuck up I'm like okay I can't be too hard on myself it's the way that I am do you feel like you've become more comfortable with that or you still feel like you're figuring that out when it comes to your like ADHD I definitely think I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit. I feel like I'm very critical of myself. Um, and I feel like a lot of times it just comes down to like, oh, if I didn't have this thing <laughs> that's like making things so hard for me, like everything would be fine. And I just kind of like still tend to get down on myself a little bit about it. Um, which again, like I'm trying to work on. I think it's just really hard when again, like, 
every blow feels a little bit amplified by having this anyway. Um, I think it's easy to be like overly critical of myself and like not give myself a whole lot of grace. But I think in some situations, like if like something happens like within a relationship or whatever, and I'm like trying to decide whether or not I like acted appropriately or whatever, I think I'm a little bit better now at like rationalizing it and being like, okay, like maybe it didn't have to go that way, but like, you know, like there it's not for no reason or whatever, I guess. Yeah. So you're it sounds like you're like constantly like replaying <laughs> scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do that too a lot. I'm like, oh it's like, have you seen that meme where it's like when you wake up in the middle of the night and think about the one thing that you said like like three weeks ago or something yeah Yeah. (laughs) I feel that too yeah have you is there been a situation where because it kind of feels like a cycle right like you act a certain way you know because of like how you are but then you like rethink it or you overthink it too much and then you're kind of like in a cycle of just like like being critical of yourself have you ever been in a situation where like you tell you told someone you were neurodivergent and you do you think you were treated differently or how do you think that has kind of played out in your life I honestly I don't think I've had that experience necessarily um at least not in like a negative sense uh at like my most recent job I did tell my supervisor about it and she was definitely like very accommodating and was like let me know like what you might need and things like that and she she was like curious about it and she like had a lot of questions for me and like wanted to know more um and actually at that job our executive director also had ADHD and he was very open about it um so that was really nice I guess just like being offered accommodations and things like that but I haven't really had like a negative experience where someone's been like oh you have ADHD like that's you're weird yeah I think I think I'm friends with a lot of people that are also neurodivergent so I think Mm -hmm. that that helps yeah for sure no I'm I mean I'm really glad to hear that and I think does that also translate to school like was school or no that was kind of like when you were still discovering it so Yeah. So yeah, I didn't really know. Or like, I, I think a part of me knew, but I think there were also like bits of me that was like, oh, maybe it is just like an anxiety symptom or something like that. Um, so I, I was, I didn't really tell anyone that I thought I might have it. Um, which I, I wish I did. I wish I had known and I wish I could have like asked for certain accommodations and stuff like that instead of just like braving it out. But I, I, I did good for for what it was. Yeah, yeah. What I did do, so, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah, I look back to and I'm just like, all of these things that I could have just been more true to myself and then would have avoided just literally all of the problems that I feel like I had with, like, suppressing my anxiety or not talking about it with people. Um, So we talk about on this podcast usually about how, like, our anxiety manifests sometimes like for me like I get stomach aches like I get super lightheaded like how does your anxiety manifest and maybe in a specific situation where you were anxious about um, something related to your neurodivergency like what did that look like yeah so I think when I'm anxious like specifically because my ADHD is acting up or whatever um, I think it kind of 
makes my mind go like a little bit blank almost like I like in the moment I kind of like freeze up and I'm like I don't know what to say I don't know what to do like I don't know how to I guess like handle what's going on like for instance if I if I do like get myself into a situation where I'm like feeling a really really intense emotion and I'm like oh god no I don't want to be feeling this in this way um my brain kind of tends to like freeze up and I'm like I don't really know what to do about it though but just like sit and like wait for the moment to pass or whatever um which is usually all I really can do and it's kind of what I try to do instead of like talking myself into like something even worse (laughs) um but yeah I think I also just have like very typical anxiety symptoms in those cases like I like my heart rate gets really high and like I get really shaky um and just like also like having like generalized anxiety disorder disorder along with ADHD um that's a fun combination so I'm I'm very anxious (laughs) a lot I have very, very tense shoulders. I had a massage therapist told me, or yeah, a massage therapist told me after she like touched my shoulders, she was like, oh my gosh, like you're really tense. Oh my God. I feel that too. Every time I also just can't do massages. They don't like, they're like, nothing is comforting to me because you know, when you're in a massage place, you, you have to like, like, like not have tense shoulders, right? Not ha- not be mm-hmm. tense. You're supposed to like let everything kind of like fall. And I like can't do it. I literally get anxious at the massage place because of my inability to kind of just drop it and be in the moment. Do you also feel like that too, where you can't be in the moment? Yeah, I actually also had that happen <laughs> during a massage once. And usually I love massages. Like yeah. usually that's a really good form of self-care for me. But like there was this one where I was just like really anxious that day for some reason and I just like I I couldn't like turn my brain off like I didn't even like notice the massage happening because my brain was just going like a mile per minute about things that I was stressed out about um but yeah I I do think I have a really hard time staying in the moment because I feel like I feel like I compare like whatever situation I'm in to like something better from the past or I'm like freaking out because of something in the future um like if like something really big is coming up or like there's something that I really like want to happen or whatever and like time is approaching like I get I get really really anxious and freaked out and then just like also general things about the future like sometimes I'm like what if I can never buy myself a house and then I have a panic attack (laughs) yeah oh my god literally Oh, it's the same thing too. I feel like when you're kind of envision, like I get, again, I get too caught up in the past and the future, right? I feel like for some people it can be like scared of the unknown, but no, I always compare it to like moments like when it was really good and it was, like I was at my high high, but then I like, you know, end up being in a low low. But yeah, I guess with your kind of, it seems like your anxiety symptoms are kind of comorbid with like ADHD and it, sometimes it can be hard to like, kind of tell like what or like one turns into the other but have you done I guess like things to like avoid situations like to not flare up your like ADHD and then in turn like make you anxious or how can you like tell are you able to like tell now is there certain triggers that kind of make you know that like oh okay this is going to be bad for my ADHD I think that's another thing that I'm still really trying to work on is because like I I feel like I do know I feel like it's just so hard for me to like 
plan ahead like that and be like oh like doing this is probably going to make you anxious so like you should plan ahead to like give yourself a bit of a break I feel like my brain doesn't really work like that quite yet which I'm trying to train it to um where I like look ahead and I'm like oh that might be it's you it's always like the opposite it's always the things where I'm like oh that's gonna be like easy you can do that you'll be fine where I end up like Mm -hmm doing it at the very last minute or like getting ready for it at the very last minute and then I'm like super super stressed out and anxious and then it kind of like ruins my vibe for the event or whatever um and then like I think some things I'll be like oh like I'm definitely gonna be super stressed and anxious about this like let me do a little bit to plan ahead and then it actually is a little bit better because I did do that planning ahead um it's, yeah it's just things that I don't expect to like trigger it and then it does and I'm like well shit <laughs> doesn't it kind of suck being in your your head sometimes right yeah, definitely yeah it can be hard to kind of like run away from and do you ever feel like you kind of tackle it sort of head on like when it's coming and maybe if you're going through like either like a panic t- attack because of it do you feel like you just like kind of do it or do you like listen to your gut and kind of stop whatever you're doing and avoid it I feel like I definitely try to face things head on. Um, almost, I think there's a part of me that feels like if I say I'm going to do something, like I have to do it and I have to go through with it. And like, I feel like it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, I'm glad that I have that like drive and consistency and like reliability. But also sometimes it's like, well, maybe I should be giving myself a little bit of a break because I don't want to be doing this or whatever. Um And yeah, I feel like I get like really caught up in like routines and like when I want to do something, I want to do it like a very specific way. I want to like prepare for it in a very specific way. And then I'm just like not very good at time. I have pretty bad time blindness. So like I won't have the time to do that things, those things. So I feel like instead of being able to like give up control and being like, okay, maybe you won't get to a certain part of it and you won't do that or whatever. I'm just like, no, like I'm going to do it because that's part of my plan. And then I feel like that kind of is what gets me in trouble is like trying to stick to a timeline that I don't have the time for. Yeah, I I definitely feel that too. I feel like sometimes, and people have used this phrase, I don't know if it's like, it's not like an official phrase or anything, but just being like a high functioning anxious or like neurodivergent person uh, I feel like because our minds are kind of going a mile a minute it's like we we're just rolling with the punches like I think like as much as we try to plan for things and want things to be planned out I feel like it can be kind of hard to deal with the repercussions of that Um, but yeah can you talk a little bit more about how like being neurodivergent has impacted your identity and and your relationship to yourself yeah so I think in terms of like my relationship with myself, I I think it's helped a lot just kind of like me accepting myself for like who I am while also like knowing that there are like ways and methods of kind of like making life a little bit easier for myself. I think like before I got the diagnosis and like since it took so long, like a long part of my life was kind of just like me feeling like I was just like so like useless and hopeless and like couldn't and wouldn't do any of the things that I wanted to do um and now just like having that I guess like 
having it on paper <laughs> that like this is why like I'm not weird I'm not the only one it's like a real thing um and like there are ways of managing it I think that that uh made me have a lot more I guess like appreciation for myself and like confidence in myself because I'm like okay well there are other people who have done so much while also having ADHD and then like I maybe I haven't done like the best that I possibly could have if I were like treated and stuff like I did pretty good for someone with ADHD like I I graduated with honors stuff like that I don't know so yeah I just I think I was able to give myself a lot more credit and then yeah I think it also kind of helped with my identity just like probably like as an artist and as like a person and as a friend um I was like yeah so like there's a there's a neurological reason why I have like intense passions and intense feelings and intense relationships and stuff like that like that's kind of like what I seek out and that's like how I've always been and I really like that about myself so yeah kind of being able to chalk it up to something it's like it's nice to have something to point to when somebody's like why are you the way that you are I think um but then it's also just kind of nice to like have that for yourself and be like oh like I have this thing that's really good sometimes it's bad though and like the bad parts of it we can figure it out I guess yeah thanks for touching on that I feel like and I sh- I could do better with this on the podcast as well is just like talking about those specific experiences because I feel like when we talk about anxiety or like neurodivergency or, or anything that has to do I think with like mental health it's sort of we talk about the negatives and like how do we heal and all of this but like there are some like advantages like I don't know if you also have specific instances you kind of touched a little bit on it but yeah the way that I guess I'm able to like because of my anxiety like know when things are going wrong and have an exit strategy and be like so prepared that people are like oh my god like you really you're so on top of it you know and not perceive that as my anxiety but rather like something that came out of my being anxious but yeah do you have like a specific example or I guess maybe in just like your friendships too how that has played out how people have like people said anything of like oh like I you know you're such a good friend yeah I do so I feel like one of the harder things for me about having ADHD is like the irritability Mm. irritability irritability yeah. you know I I get like frustrated easily and I get like I don't know I don't I'm I'm easily set off I guess a little bit but not in a way where I actually will like snap at people or like say mean things to people or like I don't know like be a brat like it's not like that at all it's more so like I just like suppress that and then I get like really angry at myself for like feeling mm. that way towards the people that I love um so yeah like if somebody's like again like doing something on a timeline that's like not my timeline or like not preparing for something that like normally I would prepare for that we're like doing together like that will make me like super anxious and irritable like I remember like one time me and some friends we were like gonna go to the movies and we were at the beach and the movie was like four or five hours away and I was like okay so like we'll buy tickets now and they were like, no, we'll just get them at the theater. And I was like, we're not seeing that movie then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if we don't buy tickets, we're not going to see the movie. And I know that for a fact. 
yeah. <laughs> because I've I've been doing this for years. This is how I see movies. I buy the ticket in advance and then I get the good seat and like that's how it is. And if you don't do it that way, you're not gonna get the ticket. You're not gonna see the movie. Um, and I was right. <laughs> in that situation I was right but I was like freaking about, out about it the whole time so I was like I really want to see this movie mm-hmm. uh, like I really want to be able to like do this and like have this fun night with my friends or whatever but like I'm really anxious that it's not going to happen because like they're not doing the preparatory yeah. things so, like I'm very sure that we need to do um so yeah it's it's little things like that um but no I really really try to like watch myself and like watch my tongue and like not like shame my friends for having like a different brain than I do because like I know that's not fair it's just really sometimes it gets difficult when it's like in the moment and you're like well like why would you why would you think that's a good idea like why aren't you doing things my way um I I kind of have to practice like taking a breath and like letting go of control and just like letting people do things the way that they want to do them and like doing my own thing the way that I want to do it um and I I think that that's like one of the one of the things that I'm better at when it comes to my ADHD at least in my friendships I think it's been different in like romantic relationships when like there's just like so much stimuli and like you're so close to people and stuff but in my friendships I think that I've done a good job at that and I've been told that I'm a good friend, that I'm a great friend. I have lots of lovely, lovely friends that give me a lot of reassurance that I am doing good unto them. So, yeah. It's because it's, it's yeah, it's probably because you're so in tune with your emotions. You're always kind of, again, with being critical, but you're always thinking about like what you're doing, how you're acting. So like it's, you know, when it comes to other people too, I feel like you're always constantly thinking about your relationship to them, right? And like how to better it, what to do better. But I feel that too. I'm literally the planner in my group and I always am like, we have to do this a certain way. And I have a problem of saying, oh, I say this all the time. And I mostly say this to Brandon, my partner. Um, But I say like, he'll say something and it doesn't, it's not in line with what my anxious brain knows is true time, like time and tested again. And I'll go like, what the F are you talking about? As if like, right? Like as if like I'm literally questioning their entire existence and it comes off that way when it's something so simple, like they'll say something, but I'm like, but that's not how it works. So I'll be like, what the F are you talking about? And they'll be like, whoa, like you're being a little aggressive. Like you could just be, you could just say like, like, oh, what do you mean? You know, like, I feel like that's what people say, but for me, it comes off very aggressive. Um, so yeah, it's kind of nice, I guess, hear you say that that's something that you can relate to and that I can relate to as well. But yeah, I guess going into kind of the next like topic, I guess, what are some coping mechanisms that you have kind of developed since maybe receiving the diagnosis or things that just help you, I guess, day by day, like thrive and like be who you are um, with like neurodivergency? Yeah, so I feel like a big struggle that I've also experienced having ADHD is that a lot of times I get thoughts stuck in my head and they don't really go away until I've like said them to like at least a couple of people. <laughs> like until I've like, oh. if like somebody does me wrong or whatever and I'm like really frustrated by it, I like can't get that thought out of my head of like this person did this to me and I'm so pissed. Like I can't get that out of my head until I like tell a couple people. But then again, like sometimes it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to be just like, running around yelling like this person 
did something wrong to me be mad at them with me like I don't want to do that so I think that like having outlets where I can like get those thoughts out of my head in a way has helped a lot whether it's like journaling or just like writing out a sentence until it's like gone from my head or like therapy and like talking it out with somebody and like getting to like say it and repeat it as much as you need to um I think that that's really helpful um I think in terms of like the typical like not being able to pay attention not being able to get things done um I think part of it is kind of like meeting myself halfway and being like okay like I want to get these things done but like for myself like who I am is that realistic like maybe we'll do like half of these things today or half of these things another day yeah just like try to be like realistic with myself and like the things that I can and also just kind of like be honest with others about your capabilities and like don't try to take on a bunch of like tasks for like other people I guess when like you don't necessarily have the capacity to which is like not me at all saying like don't help people and like don't help your friends it's just like like think about it first like weigh weigh the I weigh out the options I guess um like I don't know yeah like maintain boundaries Mm -hmm. um and then yeah I think I think a lot of it is just kind of like being honest with yourself but also not like using that as an excuse to like put yourself down like I guess like saying maybe I can't get all these tasks done today is fine but I I try not to or I'm trying not to be the person that's like oh you like didn't do this stuff today like you're such a useless person um that's definitely something that I'm trying to work on just like yeah giving myself grace letting myself know that it's okay if I like didn't clean my room today or if I like didn't go on a walk or something like it's fine I have years left on my life to do that yeah yeah I love that we I feel like that's a running theme and like my podcast episodes where people are kind of saying that giving yourself grace and I kind of wanted to touch on a part I don't think you really talked about it but you are kind of a creative person you do you have like you have a lot of creative skills and you're very just creative in general how has that kind of helped you or have you seen maybe your I guess what you experience kind of come out in the work that you that you do and kind of your creativity yeah I think so I I feel like there is a part of me that feels like I'm kind of like compensating for years of just like feeling like I had no effort or like energy to do the things that I wanted to do um because yeah another ADHD thing is just kind of like feeling really depleted after like a day of school or like a day of work just from like the socialization Mm -hmm. and like the actual work like the intellectual work and like just like being up and at them (laughs) I think that can be like really draining for a person who's neurodivergent more than it might be for a regular neurotypical person not to say that like it's not also like exhausting for a neurotypical person I think it's just a little bit more again intense yeah (laughs) someone like me so I think I do kind of like have a little bit more of this like drive now where I'm like oh anyone who like doubted me before because I wasn't like doing the things I said I wanted to do like now look at me I'm trying to do it and stuff um and yeah I feel like 
I, I'm just, I'm surrounded by more people that are like similar to me mm-hmm. and are also like really incredible, like creative people. And they like relate to my struggle of like wanting to do something, but like not feeling like you have the energy for it, whether it be like drawing a picture or like making a short film. Um, and we kind of, I, I feel like I thrive really well creativity, creatively, God damn it, creatively. <laughs> with other people and like other artists Mm -hmm. um and I feel like I didn't really realize that until I kind of came to terms with the fact that I probably had ADHD and so I think just like intentionally putting myself into spaces with other creative people and especially creative people whose brains work similarly to mine which like you kind of get to know that as you like get to know anyone like how somebody's brain works a little bit and like how their creative process works so yeah, I think just like being collaborative and like being social and meeting other artists um, has really helped me as a creative person kind of like get out of my like cycle of like ADHD kind of holding me back, but then also just like self-criticism and like, again, like not thinking that if I do something, it's going to be good enough. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Nothing is the nothing's better than the feeling of finding someone who understands your experiences. And then you like you look at them, you guys just like have like a telepathic. You're just like, oh yeah, you know for sure. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah, you definitely need to like surround yourself with people. I think where is that something? Do you feel like when you were younger, you didn't have the like luxury of, I guess, surrounding yourself with people who were maybe also creative or like some type of like neurodivergent? Yeah. I mean I think in high school when I was like doing theater and like art club and stuff I think that that was really nice being around like other creative people um but I I still felt like those things weren't like the I guess like my passions quite as much like I I really liked theater and like I really like art um but I I didn't really vibe with a lot of people in the art club at my high school and I definitely didn't vibe with the art teacher and like I really liked theater, but it wasn't necessarily something that we were doing like outside of school or anything. It was just like our preferred extracurricular. Um, So yeah, I feel like getting to college and like being with more people that are like, yeah, like film is like what I want to do with my life and like, or like art is what I want to do with my life or writing is what I want to do with my life. And it's like what I'm passionate about. Um, I think being in that environment really opened me up. Whereas I think like in high school and stuff, it was a lot of just like doing things that look good on a college application yeah. and things like that, as fun as they were. No, that that's great. I can also relate to that too in high school. But I think now I've surrounded myself with people like you as well. And it's, again, really nice to have you on the podcast just because I know we are, I know, I know we haven't really talked about like, because you know, like I do a lot of stuff in mental health, but we really haven't talked about And it's always, I feel like having this podcast too has even allowed me to like get closer with the people that I talk to on like a whole other level than just like, because some of the people I interview, like I've never met before. So it's like Mm -hmm. the first conversation we have is talking about like mental health and how how it is like affected our life. So super deep right off the bat. Yeah. So, okay. You get to partake in the podcast tradition. Um, I hope, I hope you don't know the next episode, the letter O. But take oh, your know. yeah, I I I know everyone has had access to the spreadsheet, but take your best guess at what you think episode O is going to be about. What would someone be anxious about? Episode O, I think, is gonna be about ovulation. 
honestly that's like that is a good that is actually a really good guess though and i don't know we did an episode on um shoot we did k is for kids i don't know if you've listened to that yet have you listened to that oh i don't think so but i will yeah but yeah it's definitely a great episode that kind of touches on like topics that are kind of similar to that but yes that is a great guess for episode O. thank you so much kareen for being on my podcast yeah thank you so much for having me Thanks so much, Kareen, for joining me on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to rate us on the platform. We really appreciate it. Music was produced and created by Brandon Hill. All of his info will be in the show notes. 